Welcome to the podcast called Mindful Conversations. I'm Matt. And I'm Rob. And today, we're going to be talking about communication, but specifically, Dr. Rob, what are we talking about? We're talking about communication with a focus on listening. Excellent. Well, there you go. There's today's topic. Yeah, listening. If you've found our podcast, maybe you were invited. Uh, Maybe you were coerced to listen to this podcast. But we are kind of a new thing on the internet. We are. I'm not saying that we're that good, (laughs) but you be the judge of that. But yeah, this is a beta podcast starting off, and Rob and I decided that we wanted to have conversations with each other and and help others kind of listen in. Um, I work here as a volunteer with Rob at the Response Care Center. I'm a licensed professional counselor, but I'm just curious about the topics that we explore. Me too. Yeah. I think it's important to have mindful conversations about some important things. Absolutely. As you alluded to, Rob, uh, we're going to be focusing today's conversation on communication, but specifically listening styles or or skills. Yeah, definitely listening styles. Okay. Tell me a little bit about what is communication? Well, communication typically is defined both verbally and nonverbal, and I think of communication a lot like the wind. You can't see it, but you can feel it, and you can definitely see the effects of it. Mm -hmm. And so while talking is generally the focus, the older I get, the more committed I'm becoming to listening well. Mm -hmm. The older I get, the more I realize I'm not all that good at communication. Yeah, I would be in that camp too. And what I mean by that is, again, just a a quick story. My daughter, Emma, came downstairs, oh, about a week ago. And she was just kind of sharing with me her feelings and thoughts about something that was going on in her day. And I was kind of that Mr. Fix-It attitude guy. And she was just wanting to share how she was feeling, but I was trying to make her feel better because of the situation she was sharing with me in my mind was a non-issue. And she finally just put her hands up in there and says, dad, it's not about how they feel. It's how I feel. And so I missed the listening part of what she was sharing. Yeah. Your focus was on fixing. She just needed to be heard. This is kind of tough stuff because it's like trying to read minds Yeah. And that's why I think listening is such a good skill to learn is because I can't read minds, but I can attend to what someone is maybe sharing with me. Yeah, I agree. You can attend to what they're sharing and work at hearing them well. Absolutely. So this podcast, Mindful Conversations, is really a podcast about helping us understand our personal wellness. And so the the content, the topics that we talk about are intended to help us and you who are listening to be more aware of your personal wellness. So we hope today's podcast 
um, will be useful. Yeah. So as we go through this conversation, uh, let's go ahead and kind of talk about what listening goals or styles are. Can yeah. You, can you share a little bit about that? I can. There was a study by Watson, Baker, and Weaver in 1995, and they talked about these listening styles. And the first one that they identified is what they called a relational listener. This is a person who is listening for emotion and feeling and content. Mm-hmm. They hear the meaning behind the words or they see the 90% of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you encounter a relational listener, you walk away feeling, oh, they understand and they heard me. Yeah, oftentimes, and again, referencing who I am at home versus who I am maybe in a counseling office. Yeah. When I go home, I'm not a counselor. Right. (laughs) And so in my example with Emma, um, I wasn't feeling her. You weren't listening to her. Yeah, so this, this relational listening style is more aware of feelings and emotion. Yeah, they're, they're, when they process the information, when they hear the information, their brain processes the emotion behind the words. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where I was missing it. I'm not, not capable of doing this, but in the moment, for whatever reason, and maybe it'll be one of the other styles of listening, maybe I was kind of caught in another style of listening, but she didn't feel... Like I was understanding her. Yeah. And that's, I think, what she wanted. That, yeah. Yeah. There's a predominant style that I would think we each possess. That doesn't mean we don't slip into analytical or time-oriented or critical type of listening. Mm-hmm. Do you have an example of relational listening that would be you know, something in your life? Yeah, I think your example is a good one. And mine is with uh, centers around my daughter too. When she was 14 or 15, her and I were duking it out, fighting it out, arguing about some things. And in the middle of the argument, my 15-year-old daughter stops and says, Dad, chill out. Here's how it's supposed to work. You as a parent are supposed to kind of lecture me and teach and guide me. And I, as a teenager, am supposed to act like I'm not hearing anything you're saying, (laughs) but relax. Mm -hmm. I am listening to you. And in that moment, she connected with the intent of my message and thankfully spelled it out for me. Mm. Because she read something that I was desperately trying to get her to understand or to see, you know, and she just, she just, she just cleared away all of the fog Mm -hmm. in that moment. Mm -hmm. It was rather cool. And I'm not often less speechless, but I was kind of speechless. Yeah, and, and there when our children kind of grow through middle and late 
childhood into their adolescence and to their young adulthood, when they when they go through those stages, they start thinking for themselves. I mean, more reasoning ability yeah. starts to develop, and they want to be heard. They want to be understood. But oftentimes, a big chasm exists. Not that this podcast is on parenting, but it is on communication. Well, and Norman Wright said, um, communication is to a marriage what blood is to the body. Mm -hmm. And so you could tweak that and say, without healthy communication, you're not going to have healthy relationships, Mm -hmm. regardless of whether it's marriage, parenting, or whatever. Mm -hmm. We all have this need to be heard and heard well, Mm -hmm. and that's a gift. You know, when I sit with Odin, my Mm -hmm. eight-month-old golden retriever, or Ardman, we talked about him at our last podcast, they just sit and listen so well. They do. They just kind of sit there. I can lament or I can tell them jokes. They just stay so attentive to me, as long as I give them a treat. Yeah. But when it comes to human relationships, it could be work relationship. It could be marriage, as you alluded to, or parenting. It could be friendship. Yeah. It could be with an adversary or an enemy. Yeah. It could be really communication with myself. Or the Lord. Or the Lord. Yeah. So here we have opportunity to understand, and this first style of listening um, is relational. Maybe you who are listening are relating to that type of style. The second style, Rob, is analytical listening. What, what is analytical listening? These are individuals who pay attention to the whole message. They have the ability to hear you out before they make judgment. And each of the styles have pros and cons to them, but one of the cool features about an analytical listener is that they really do allow you to download the complete story or whatever the information is there you're trying to, to, to provide for them. They, they hear that. They hear it in its entirety. Their intent is to posture themselves in the dialogue and they're focusing on hearing the full message. Exactly. And specifically, not to come to a judgment. They want to stay listening. Yes. This is my wife. Mine too. Um, I'm more of a relational listener, even though I didn't maybe hit the ball out of the park with Emma the other day. I do tend to focus on listening with a relational bent because I'm a, I'm a feeler. Yeah. And a therapist. Well, if I look at my Meyer Briggs personality profile, I'm an ENFP and those listening may not know what that is. It's just a simple tool that you can use to understand yourself and others a little bit, but it just simply means I'm more extroverted. I'm a little bit intuitive. I feel that's the key. I feel, and then I, I perceive. Whereas Deanne is an is an INTJ, so she's introverted, and she's a thinker and a judger. Not that she's judging me, but she's really good at listening to the objective in the conversation. 
She's judging the content. Yeah. Yeah. Analytical analytical people they hear and process that that's the connection when we're talking about listening it's not just hearing the words but it's how you process the information and an analytical listener sees the big picture or they wait for the big picture to be downloaded before they move on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. makes sense it does they're a systems kind of thinker or processor they see big picture or hear big picture. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say my wife and I have grown in our maturity to communicate better. And I think as I've understood more of who she is, and I understand more of who I am, and, and likewise she knows me better, I think we can respect the different styles of listening or communicating. Oh, Totally. Totally. But coming to respect has to go through the filter or the gateway of trials and tribulation. Yeah. Been there? Been there. Done that? Actually, I'm still there. You're still there. <laughs> is the doghouse cleaned yeah. up? Yeah. But no, this is something that I, I keep learning about myself, and it's important to realize if if in this example, Deanne is more analytical, I'm more feeling I don't need to be offended when I don't feel that she's connecting with me. Right. Yeah. She's connecting. It's just in a way that is um, ergonomic or based on her wiring. Yeah. So we've talked about relational listening, analytical listening. These are two styles. The third style is task oriented listening. What's that's all. What's that all about? A, a task oriented listener listens and wants the speaker to stay on topic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And task-oriented listeners are, they focus on time. They focus on giving me the bottom line. Um, ADHD people, those of us who are ADHD people and think kind of kind of round robinish we drive a task oriented listener crazy yeah yeah so so what happens though with a task oriented is they they really um they are they're laser focused on the topic mm-hmm. they're laser focused on the topic and they they want you to communicate in such a way that you're very economical with your words. But what if I'm not economical with my words? What if I am a little bit flighty in my thoughts? What if I'm the kind of processor that I talk as I'm thinking, like I'm an external processor? Oh, I'm a verbal processor. Then a time-oriented listener is going to have trouble unless they're intentional and aware they're going to have trouble um, being patient Mm -hmm. i don't know if we developed in in the last point but the idea of respect i need to learn how to respect the other person's style of communication or listening exactly i can't label them as wrong because they're not quote unquote getting me right like you're not getting my point, stupid. Yeah. Yeah. 
And we all have a tendency to want to conform people into our own image. Yeah. As opposed to respecting the differences. There you go. And when I respect the differences, and I'm aware of them, I can be intentional. Mm -hmm. So I might, as a verbal processor, I might not I might not be streamlining my words, but if I know that you're a time oriented, then I can start with the bottom line. Mm. Okay. That sounds like wisdom. Yeah. That, uh, could, that could go a long way to helping a relationship. Like, oh, a, totally. like, like a work relationship. Yeah. It's kind of like oil in a relationship. It makes it run smoothly. Right. Right. We can practice it. I was going to say, we can practice it now. Do you have the 20 bucks you owe me? That's the bottom line. I'm sorry. I didn't hear what you said. (laughs) Did you say something? (laughs) Well, I mean, to that point, there is hearing and listening. Like I can hear my kid crying in the background or I can hear the dogs barking or I could hear my wife asking for something downstairs, you know, but I might not necessarily be listening. Yeah. And, And so listening is not only do I hear someone saying something, but I'm going to tune to the frequency that they're speaking to me so I can understand them. Understand their emotions and their intent. Yeah. Listening, it's the hardest part of communication. Talking is the easy part. I'm good at that. I am too. But if I want to hear you well, I have to intentionally listen Mm -hmm. and and i don't have to do it all by myself i can ask for your help Mm -hmm. i can ask clarifying questions yeah we'll talk more about that under active listening yeah some good suggestions on on that style the the fourth style is critical listening and this refers to the tendency to focus on attention on accuracy and consistency yeah they're paying attention to content they're detailed oriented a critical listener a critical listener remembers details that the other person may not remember right cuz they're 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 listening and processing the information for accuracy so these individuals will also call you out for inconsistencies you're right right whether they're real or perceived they're going to call you out right and again, if they have some kind of a bent maybe against you, maybe there's some residue of resentment or bitterness in the relationship, I can maybe use this style maybe against this individual. Oh, I think you would. So, I mean, we're just being mindful of, okay, what are the healthy ways that these styles of listening help build a relationship versus what's the dark side? Yeah. with. With the critical listener, the task-oriented, and the analytical, the darker side is the people can come across as impatient or not caring, lacking empathy, all of which may not be true. Mm -hmm. But the relational listener would perceive that the other three styles as, well, you're not you're not picking up what I'm laying down. You're right. not registering the right. meaning behind my words. Right. So that would, if it's three against one, 
if you're out there and you find yourself as a relational listener, we're going to have a support group for you <laughs> right here at the Response Care Center because we're being ganged up on. So with, with that said, the, the last style of listening is active listening. And, and we, we use this quite a bit in counseling. Mm-hmm. When we're when we're counseling couples or individuals, um, let's talk about the different. What is active listening, and what are the different components that an individual could incorporate to be successful in their listening? When I think of active listening, I connect the word to intentional. Mm-hmm. I'm intentionally monitoring, paying attention to what and how you say things, Mm -hmm. what is meant, what is implied. Um, And then with active listening, you can ask open-ended questions. You can get clarification. Right. So that I can confirm what I think I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. So the, the number one thing I think of with active listening is while someone's talking, I find myself thinking about what I want to say when they stop talking. Yeah, that's not active listening. I feel like it's effective listening. (laughs) Well, it definitely is a popular form of listening. It is. So really what I have to do is maybe I get my chance to speak next. So I have to couch my thoughts back here in the back seat in order for me to stay attuning or attending to what's being said to me. So I can really pick up, as you said, what they're laying down. Yeah. And I think we have it backwards. I think as, as we're formulating our response while they're talking, I think we process that in such a way where we think we're saving time. Right. Or we're trying to fix something Mm -hmm. where it takes more work to listen well. Right. But in the long run, it's a much healthier approach to quality relationship. Henry Cloud is a psychologist. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yes. I heard one time in a podcast of his, he said, it's not that you understand me. It's that I understand that you understand me. Yeah. It kind of completes the circle. So as the person speaking, for example, like you didn't warm up my coffee like I asked you to, Rob. (laughs) I want you to grovel on the floor in repentance. (laughs) Sorry about that. And tell me that you're sorry for me to feel, right? No, it's the idea is that I feel that you connected with what was concerning to me. Yes. And oftentimes, if you take the time to really spend time sharing and listening together, whoever it is that you're listening to, it is going to create a safer, more secure emotional bond in the relationship. Yeah. The, the, one of the challenges of, of doing this uh, is familiarity, right? I, oh, that's good. I know you, and so you'll see this with brothers and sisters and husbands and wives and bosses and stuff, the more I know you, the more inclined I am to assume that I understand 
what you're trying to tell me. So I don't necessarily, I take a lazy approach to listening. Mm -hmm. And then we fight about it. Yeah. Take a lazy approach or just like take the relationship for granted. Yeah. Have you ever heard, I mean, we're coming up on Valentine's Day this coming Sunday. Hopefully you got Sandy some flowers or a card or something. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, she got me some M&M, so I know that she cares about me. But did you ever hear the one about the old couple that was driving the old pickup truck down the, the dusty country lane? No. And the wife sitting next to the husband just came out. of. I mean, they were silent. And she says, you never say that you love me anymore. And he says, well, if I change my mind, I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was wanting to hear yeah. words of affirmation reconnecting their hearts, not taking the relationship for granted. No. And communicating authentically and honestly those things that are uplifting. It's not that you can't have a, a hard conversation. This Actually, these skills are important the wiring of your listening style, understanding that is important because it's going to serve people well with hard conversations, but it also facilitates, you know, I respect you. I love mm -hmm. you. I care about you. I'm communicating these important uh, human dynamics that just make the world a lot better. It's a big responsibility. Yeah. Well, when I think about as we start to wind down in this particular episode on listening, I'm, I'm just thinking about these four styles that maybe if you're listening, you've taken down some notes, maybe on a piece of paper or just maybe in your mind, you might start to think about what kind of a listener style are you? And then as we end here, thinking about active listening, here are some things for you to consider that would, that would help you be more active in your listening. Like, asking open-ended questions when the person you're communicating with is sharing something. Ask questions that explore the individual story that you can help them kind of unpack what they're sharing, but also you're gaining more information. Yeah, and pay attention to how they're feeling. Reflect feeling. Yeah. Um, be attuned to the, to the emotion. Mm-hmm. A way to do that would be like if you're sensing the person you're sharing is really frustrated about the topic they're sharing, to be able to reflect the feeling would be something like, you know, I, I'm noticing how irritated you seem about this situation. Is that true? Yeah. You, you don't even have the slightest idea how angry this work thing made me today. Wow. I can see that. Like, yeah. that's validating. That is validating. It helps them feel safe that you're paying attention to what they're sharing. Um, sometimes summarizing or paraphrasing can yeah. be useful. When someone has shared a lot of information, a lot of times what I say is, okay, what I'm hearing you say or what I heard you say was this. And sometimes I'll finish like what's the most important thing that you've shared with me today that you want to make sure I walk away with? Yeah. I mean, if you could boil it down to one thing that you really want me to, to know about what you've shared, what would it be? And I, I like to say, 
I want to make sure I'm hearing you well. Yeah. And so I will summarize or um, paraphrase what what I thought they said. That provides an opportunity for them to to clarify. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're not talking about conflict in today's episode, but this kind of dovetails into conflict when we have to work through toward maybe a mutual solution where compromise is necessary. Like, I might not necessarily be in agreement with your perspective, but I can certainly respect and understand your perspective. Totally. I I think of it as gas and water. In a conflict... I can either pour gas on it or I can pour water on it. Active listening, understanding, or working with intentionality towards listening is like pouring water on a conflict. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Conflict is natural and normal. It is supposed to help us grow in intimacy. Yeah. And again, I said this last time, I mean, conflict is not fighting and arguing. Although fighting and arguing can be involved, the reality is I just have a different way of seeing what we're discussing. And the conflict is not bad. It's just we need to continue to listen to one another until we understand one another. Yeah. Well, very good. Anything else that you want to, um, to, as we finish our thoughts regarding this topic of active listening or the different styles of listening? No, my challenge would be take the information and mindfully consider what predominant style you are. Right. And then identify the significant others in your lives. If you can identify their style and leverage that assessment for understanding. There it is. There's the end game. Yes. Great movie, by the way. (laughs) Um, All right. And I would agree with you. Like we said last time, when we think of personal wellness, um, we talked about assessment for COVID last Mm -hmm. episode. Listen to that. If you, if you didn't listen to it, it's a podcast on assessing how you've made it through 12 months of COVID, but um, do some personal assessment here. And again, we always advocate finding good, friends, safe people who can sit with you. And maybe you asked a question, hey, as you experience me, what kind of a listener do you think I am? Yeah. They need to be safe, right? Yep. And also, yeah, go onto the internet and maybe Google listening styles and communication styles as you continue to enhance the kind of person that you want to be because communication is the essence of life. Well, in great athletes practice. Ooh, that's good. And so if you want to be a great listener, spend time in the gym. It's going it's going to take practice. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, as we finish up this episode, uh, we have a topic for next episode, which should be in about two weeks. Yep. We try to uh, record and to publish our podcast about every two weeks. Um, but we have a very special guest that will be joining us. I'm really excited. Um, have you ever thought about how the gut relates to your brain? The way it makes you feel? Yeah. 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 I think thinking about it is important. Yeah. This special guest. Very special guest. Is going to come. This is a, a PhD 
contributor to the podcast. And um, she is renowned in the field of grain science and food science. And she's done a lot of reading, a lot of work in seminars on the gut microbiome. And that's just the bacteria in your gut. Yeah. But there's a lot of research out there that suggests that what you eat makes you feel a certain way. Exactly. And so Dr. Deanne Heyman is uh, gonna is gonna be with us. And I'm excited about that. I am too. I am really looking forward to what she has to say. There's a lot of cool information, but 90% of serotonin, the feel-good hormone, yep. is produced in the gut. And so yeah. we need to pay attention. So next time she's going to share her perspective, what science is saying about how the gut affects our mood. I am looking forward to that conversation. Well, we are really excited that you joined us today and hopefully you found something in our conversation that is going to be useful for your personal wellness and development. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.